it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you doing? Uh, thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. You know what? I'm just going to like report in that I'm really depressed. I've been having like really anxiety and depression. Last week, I remember saying that I was in a really good mood. Well, that went away. Um, and I think maybe it's because, uh, I, well, I've actually had a couple of friends uh, get get kind of, I've dealt with illness and friends that all kind of clot, clotted together. I don't know if that's a good word. And then I think it's daylight savings time. I'm going to blame blame it partly on that, okay? Because nothing's really wrong in my life. I mean, from, you know, I mean, that shit happens besides the usual shit happens stuff. So anyway, if you're with me and you're, if you're having, if you're struggling, it don't, don't take it personally. It could be daylight savings time. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm so thrilled that Christian Finnegan, this amazing comic that I just adore, agreed to come all the way here from Queens a second time. I mean, he <laughs> is my personal hero. And uh, we're we're going to hear from him in a second. Um, I want you to make. Sh- I want to make sure that you know about Radio Free Brooklyn, radiofreebrooklyn.org. dot uh, org. We're a community based radio station. We have all sorts of shows, not just talk shows. We have great. We have so many music shows, and we do so much good stuff. You know, we're really like it's a really good positive. Force. And I want you to know about us. So check us out on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and uh, go, go, you know, uh, donate money because, uh, it's, you know, it, you have to donate all your money by the end of the year or you're going to get that big tax bill. Okay. So, okay, just quickly, I'm going to try and get through this quickly because I want to really spend the time with Christian. But one of the reasons, one of the many reasons Christian is here today is because Christian and I are trying to, are are not just trying, we are wholeheartedly promoting the Waggy Tail benefit at Chelsea Music Hall tonight. It's tonight. And it's going to be, first of all, it's a great dog rescue uh, run by Holly Dorito. She she has spent her whole life rescuing dogs. She has rescued hundreds, maybe thousands of dogs. And it's just a really great volunteer organization. And the way they keep keep going is through the through benefits and mostly comedy benefits because Holly loves comedy, goes to she knows so she 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 got Christian to perform tonight. She also got Seth Hers like and Janine Garofalo to perform, and there's going to be other really great performers. So um, what you want to do is look up Waggy Tail Rescue and uh, and come come. It's at eight thirty. Okay, so you're gonna. All right, I'm gonna. I'm. I I actually donated a painting because I make paintings, and the painting that I donated is a text painting that says I'm really stoned right now. <laughs> so it kind of works. Kind of works. You know whether you're. I mean, you know, anyway, you want people to know who who they're dealing with. So um, let me just tell you a little bit about Christian. There's really too much to say about Christian because I could probably 
go on, but here's the head. Here's the highlights. Chappelle show. Okay. Best week ever. Uh, today's show Conan broad city. Uh, I've never been on broad city. You've never been on. Well, it's said <laughs> here, here it's said in really the liars. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> well, they said that somebody said that. Okay. Um, but no, he's been on, uh, you know, every form of at TV. He's been on a lot of TV. The last time he was here, we were um, having a really interesting discussion about his latest special. He has like four or five, four specials or whatever. I don't Something know. like that. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's, 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 he's the real deal, folks. Okay. But we were talking about um, his last special, which, which I absolutely loved called Show Your Work. And it's incredibly innovative. We had, uh, you should look that up on my archives for the discussion, but you should really look at watch watch it because it's completely original it came out during the pandemic the reason i was so fascinated one of the reasons is that it came out during the pandemic and there was this real honesty it was hilarious but it also had this real honesty and vulnerability that i really didn't see in any in any other comedy you know there was a ton of comedy specials what the fuck was everybody doing they couldn't tour and uh, his really stood out to me as, uh, you know, a real uh, creative commitment in the best way that, you know, you guys, I, I, I can't, can't endorse it enough. Uh, did I tell you? So, okay, so I told you about that. I told you, uh, Christian. So here's, here's how to, um, you know, just keep track of Christian. If you go to Instagram or he's big on, he's big on Twitter. He's huge, like over 50,000. You know, it's the only one I do. No, no, it's huge. It's huge. You retweeted my tweet and then I got more tweets than more, whatever. I, I, I've never gotten such a big response. Just from wait till those Twitter dollars start rolling in. <laughs> oh, uh, my, oh, money! <laughs> getting money in any way is—it ne- does never occur to me in any in any way, unless I'm cleaning somebody's apartment or something. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, so anyway, it's Christ Finnegan, F I N N E G A N. That's his Twitter handle, and then it's ChristianFinnegan dot com, but. What we really want to talk about is his latest project, New Music for Olds at Substack.com. And uh, Christian is doing a service, I'd say, by curating new music for, for, for people who it's so complicated to be tuned into music. Now, tell us about, tell us about what you're doing. Tell us about that project in particular. Sure. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And thank you for the many kind words, uh, which I... Uh, will do my best to not try to undercut with self-deprecation. I will just say thank you. Uh, That's it's part of it. That's part of what I that. love about you is the self-deprecation. Don't worry about hey, it. Hey, somebody's got to deprecate me. Uh, trust me, if I had anybody else to deprecate me, I wouldn't have to do it myself. But um, <laughs> I, yes, this thing is called New Music for Olds. It's, uh, it's, you can find it at newmusicforolds.substack.com. And it's, uh, it's just a newsletter I started about six months ago. Um, you know, I think, I think like a lot of us, uh, you know, you, you start to deal with kind of some, uh, just feeling down in the dumps and what am I doing with the rest of my life? What am I going to be when I grow up? And I tried to think like, what is, what are the things that I just do that I just do? Cause I want to do them. Not, nobody's asking me for them. Uh, I just do them to entertain myself. 
And once I ruled out the unhealthy things, I I was left with that I'm, you know, I'm 49, I'll be 50 in a few months, and I still listen to new music a lot. Like, I still go to new release sections and and just, just click play on a lot of things. It's just what I do to entertain myself. And uh, a lot of my friends, people who are my peers, say 10 years younger, 10 years older, whatever, they were music heads in their 20s, but life intercedes. You know, they have kids, they have jobs, they have careers. And so I thought, well, one of my favorite things in the world to do is, you know, I have a couple friends who we text each other, stuff like, hey, have you heard this? And so I just thought that if I'm going to be looking and finding new music for myself anyway, maybe I can just share some of that with people. And also just it gives me an excuse to to write, you know, music related comedy of various types. And uh, and so, yeah, it's, a, it's just a biweekly thing. It's just three songs every other every other week. And then also some music related, but I call some bullshit, just some, you know, pon- uh, either a joke, you know, a, a little some some sort of straight up comedy or maybe a story like I wrote a long story uh, or a long piece uh, on my newsletter over the course of three installments where I wrote about when I was a contestant on a VH1 game show called Name That Video back in 2001. And I won a car on a game show um, <laughs> for being obsessed with MTV when I was a kid. What? But, uh, but you know, and so it's just, but it's a fun thing. And it's like, I, I, a lot of the people who have been reading it, have, I think it's kind of, sparked their enjoyment of finding new music again which is really the whole point of it because i'm not an expert i don't pretend that i know i'm not some i'm not robert christgau i'm not you know uh uh you know i'm not i'm not gil grio marcus like i'm not one of these historical rock experts i'm just a dude who likes music and i like sharing it with people and so uh so yeah that's something i've been doing and it's just it's it's really uh a labor of love in the sense that, you know, it's, it's the closest you can get to just complete control. <laughs> like no one's, no one's asking me for it. Nobody needs it. I don't have to answer anybody. Like, it's just something I do for fun. And, and it's, uh, it's been hard to not let it become the complete focus of my life. <laughs> if financially I could make it the focus of my life, I would. Wow. So, um, it's free it's- by the way, but then there's also a paid membership. Like if you're a paid member, you get it every week. And if you're unpaid, you get it every other week. Well, I mean, that's like a free class in like what's going on in music. I mean, you're you you're doing what I I well, I, you know, I I try to like I I do not care what is like popular on the charts. I'm not saying I dislike it either. It, it does not factor into my thinking whatsoever whether something is super popular or nobody knows about it. Like I don't care. I'm not really interested in the the what I would call the narrative of what's going on in music. Like. Who's up? Who's down? Who's cool? What's what's Taylor Swift think about this? What's what's con? And nothing against Taylor Swift. I actually like Taylor like Swift, kind of. But um, but it's more to me just about like that when you have a new song that you love, it just makes your day better. Like mm. even if it only lasts a week, but just mm. to have a new favorite song, like not of all time, but just like a song that you're obsessed with that you listen to fifty times over the course of a week, like that just it gives your life sort of a new car smell. And one of the the nice things about the musical, about the landscape we live in now, there's so many shitty things about streaming and all that. But one of the nice things is it's just an endless buffet. You can just find stuff, whatever you want. If you're just willing to click around and just experiment and, you know, hey, what does Italian rap sound like? You know, you can just find out, you know, and uh, so that's sort of been the spirit. Yeah, it. which I think is a great service because I've had this conversation several times with different 
people and it's always like how do you find music because it's so complicated like in my day when I, you know there were three bands and yeah. you know shit like that and now it's just it's just endless and if and I know your your taste is sort of in least minimally in the same bucket as mine in that like if you only want to hear Rihanna and Beyonce, that's not what's going on. There's a lot more than that. And that's what we wind up thinking yeah. new music. That's the only new music well, I get and, exposed to. Yeah. And the way the algorithm works is it will just learn what you already like and just refeed that to you over and over right. and over again. Oh, until wow. you die. You know, and that's why a lot of people, they end up just listening to the same, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I listen to a, whatever, uh, you know, an old, Allison Chains album that I used to like, and now all I hear are those same five '90s grunge albums that I listened to when I was in high school or college. You know, but the, that's the bad part of the streaming right. economy. But the good part is, is that if you're willing to just literally just, hey, that's some weird album cover. I'll click play on that, see what that is. You know, um, it really is for me an endless source of of enjoyment. You know, uh, just. Oh. I'd never heard of this band before an hour ago, and now I I love this and want it in my life for the next no, seven to ten it's, days. <laughs> it's a it's an important thing. Like I wind up getting like bummed if, when I wind up listening to like old mu- the music that you know I'm familiar with because I feel like stuck in the past and I'm not that person anymore. And I want to I want to be a new per- a new brand new person every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and I want to grow. And, and it really no yeah. growth in that. And I'm just like I'm so I just feel out of it, frankly. I feel really out of it. And and so Christian is doing the service so you can act like you yeah. really know shit without having to do all the work, without really being like hip about music like he actually is. So I thank you, Christian. <laughs> no, and that's new music for olds at com. Okay. There you I go. mean, honestly, if you just Google new music for olds, you'll find it. Okay. Okay. We're going to do that. So here's here's why I have Christian on today. Here's the, and I told him I wanted last time I wanted him back because this is this is um so uh let's lean into this let's see if we can make this I'll make it awkward I'll lean make into it, awkward, it. let's baby. make it awkward do you think this is awkward not red no. not 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 enough not yet not with you <laughs> um but anyway um so here's the thing Christian has three brothers uh two I have, two I have brothers two. and I think. I get this feeling, or he hinted at that there was a very complex situation growing up, which at the last, at our last session here at Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, we missed, we didn't get a chance to talk about any of that. And you know how I love that kind of shit. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we were so focused on um, his special, Do Your Work, uh, Show Your Work. And uh, so now's our chance. Now's my, but so, so now we're going to talk about that. But, um, so here's what it's, here, I forget, you know, you have so many bios. I've got three pages. Guys. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know what bios that I had of notes on Broad um, City, but I mean, I would have loved to have been, they never called. Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> I could totally picture that. You should, you know, a lot of people. They should resurrect that show just to have me back on. It. I, I think, think, I think that's so. Maybe we should Photoshop this. you into like yes. some of the promos. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do that when I get home. But anyway, so here, just, just to give uh, Christian a, a chance to like, you know, get a, a warm up for Christian. Here's what it says on one of his bios. 
Christian Finnegan, blah, 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 writer, actor, dancer, no, singer, uh. singer, comedian, New York City. In high school, he attended, he attended Walnut Hill, a boarding school-focused program in the performing, visual, and creative arts located in Natick, Massachusetts. He's also a graduate of NYU, where he's studying acting, playwriting, began his stand-up career. 1995. So um, obviously, I just I only went to that that school for two years, just my junior and senior year. Uh, I went to public school my freshman sophomore year, and then I went to Walnut Hill mm-hmm. my junior and senior. Year. So, you, but anyway, what we did yeah. get out of that is you're from Massachusetts. Yes, I for am. sure. I am from Massachusetts, <laughs> and so let's as much as I try to deny it within myself. So, um, let's talk about your childhood. So, what? W- let's talk about it. So, where are you in? There's three boys, no girls? No, just three. And so where are you in the birth order? I was the middle, uh-huh. uh, although my older brother was two years older and my younger brother was eight years younger. Ah. So it was just the two of us for like the early part, and then, then my younger brother was born later Until on. Until you were eight? Yeah, when I was brother eight, my and brother ten. Was born. Oh, yeah. so that must have been weird. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, not to... And I don't, my dad is not listening to this, but no, like, your dad probably never heard. The, no, your dad, won't, but 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 don't, but don't let me, you know. No, no, I'm saying me. no. In many ways, I feel like nothing. With no disrespect to my younger brother, uh, it was kind of the worst thing to have happened because they probably should have split up a long time before they did. But then this this kid came along, uh, you know, and uh, like my dad can. My dad used to be able to tell me the date that my younger brother was conceived. <laughs> you know, like that's how kind of over <laughs> that relationship, or you know, at least in, wow. in terms of uh, intimacy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, but but yeah. Then my my younger brother was born, and he was born with uh, what they call a transposition of the major arteries, which is um, basically the tubes that are going into your heart are going out, and the ones that are supposed to be going out are going in. And so he had like open heart surgery when he was about two days old, oh. and uh, and then another one when he was about t- three years old, wow. and then another one later, and then he had a heart transplant when he was eight, <sighs> and uh, and then uh, passed away when he was nineteen. Oh. And uh, yeah, that's devastating. And so you know, it kind of like when my younger brother was born, like it quickly became about like the, the, yeah. the family with the sick kid, you, you know, which is. The reality, I think anybody out, anybody who's listening who has uh, either is or had a a sibling who dealt with major health issues, quite naturally, a lot of the focus becomes about that kid, positive and negative. You know, it it just, but that's sort of what happens, you know, because he was, he probably spent half of his life in a hospital in one way, shape, or form. God, that's, Um, well, that, that's, that's certainly tragic. That's a tragedy. That it's is a tragedy. Totally I mean, it, it's it is I mean, what it is. <laughs> you no, know, at no. a certain point, you know, it was just life. I mean, he had been, you know, we had been told that he wasn't going to live until two years old, and he wasn't going to live until five years old, and he wasn't going to live until ten years old, and then, you know, once he hit like twelve or thirteen, we kind of like in a, a five or six years after he'd had his transplant, I think we all kind of like unclenched a little bit about it and thought that maybe everything was going to be fine, you know, just because so many times they've been given mm-hmm. these uh, predictions that didn't end up being true. Right. And, uh, but yeah, but then when he was about 17 and a half, 18, 
he started to get uh, sick again. I mean, basically, you know, a lot of heart transplants, like at least back then, this was back in uh, 2001, um, the science is still being written. You know, yeah. In term, you know, or at least at that point, in terms of what the expect life expectancy is of somebody with a heart transplant, and you know, I don't. I'm sure that if they were to tell me now, they would be able to tell me in uh, more idiosyncratic terms. But basically, they said like the heart just it ran its course. You know, right. Um, and also my younger brother having you know going through rebellious teenage years, <gasps> you know, wasn't super great about doing all the things he needed to do yeah. to take care of himself. And, you know, he was rollerblading and, you know, and he was doing all sorts of stuff that like any kid would want to do. Mm-hmm. And not, I, I don't know what the connection of those two, I don't know if he had, you know, locked himself in a bubble and just hooked himself up into an IV bag 23 hours a day. Like, I don't know if that meant he would have lived longer or if this is just mm. the way it would have panned out. But, um, why is, I mean, I know, I mean, I can imagine, which particular reason is rollerblading? Was he on blood thinners or was he not supposed to stress? Oh, I just mean that like, you know, I don't know. That's the thing is like, I was young at the time too. And you know, and there were other factors, but, um, it just, he was living, he wasn't taking medicines when he was supposed to be taking them. Mm. He would skip biopsy appointments, things Mm. like that, you know? And, and, uh, because I think he felt like he was fine at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I, again, there may be zero correlation between those things. They they may be unrelated. No, uh, I mean, you know, well, I just know that like at a certain point when he was getting sick again, there was talk of him getting a second transplant and the doctors basically said no. Because you haven't done X, Y, and Z, and uh, you need to, uh, you know, triage. It's like we got to focus on people who are going to do it. Right. Both, you know. Right. Which and right. so so I don't know whether you know and who knows. And well, that's part. He of- went back and forth whether he even wanted a second heart. Like at a certain point, he would be like, "No, I just I'm just going to ride this out," you know. And and that was kind of the 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 tough part about it, just the long grind of it, you know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but a teenager, I mean, I'm sure those are choices. You know, how could you not make those kinds of choices when you're a teenager? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like it all makes sense. Yeah. Um so but that was interesting. So you did your were you so the first eight years, what were what was it like with your were did your parents not get along well or what was going on in your household? Well, you know, and uh uh, my mother was severely mentally ill. She had a borderline personality disorder, which, you know, we didn't really know that at the time or didn't know what that meant or what it was. Did she eventually get diagnosed? She did uh, uh-huh. a long time later, but she never really accepted it. <laughs> um, she she was a bit of a, a handful. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I she's my mother. You know, you don't want to speak yeah, ill no, or no, no. But we, we were is- we were estranged for like. 15 years like uh where i would you know i'd speak to her a couple times a year but we we didn't get along particularly well which was which made it really difficult because my she and my younger brother were attached to the hip um oh, and so yeah. so it was hard trying to uh and they lived they had moved she was from georgia and so they had moved back down to georgia and so um you know trying to maintain a relationship with him without right her it was, it was you know yeah. so that it was dicey but um, so that's why a lot of the stuff I I don't I only heard really through him, my younger brother, and my dad. You know, I never really got to speak to doctors about this or anything. So a lot of it is kind of I'm piecing this together based on what I was told by what they call you know unreliable narrators. 
um right right but uh but but yeah so um but yeah so i mean what so my mother was uh the kind of person who uh sued a lot of people and and was sued by a lot of people oh wow litigious drama like i used to say like my mom was trump without money uh she was a she was uh a bit of a uh town character uh-huh. uh in the sense that you know like there were whispers about her a lot well she, know, in, in, she sounds mentally disturbed but not yeah. mentally disturbed in a way that is m- manageable or it was passive. not it was it's not a, a big... it was not always benign you know uh yeah. it was uh and and so yeah so that that you know was not super easy at times you no. know, to, to deal with but um so did she did she like yell was she aggressive well did she make sense at times she 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 was she was a real fabulist um you know she, she again kind of like trump where she would say things she, that just weren't accurate but she believed them or she mm-hmm. wanted you to believe them or who who knew, you know, who mm-hmm. knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she was incredibly devoted to my younger brother, but that was a kind of a weird, it was a weird relationship. Like he slept in the same bed with her until she was, until he was like 11 or something. It was really not That's making healthy. me sad. Yeah. It was that's a little, little Munchausen by proxy that's, kind of stuff. And, that's yeah. really like, Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, it wasn't Munchausen by proxy because he genuinely was sick, but, uh, right, but right, still, right. There, it was not a super healthy, uh, she, she identified somehow or connected to his, his physical illness with her mental Well, it made illness. her feel, and it made, it made her feel very use, useful mm-hmm. and very needed and very, uh, you know, and, and again, I don't want to belittle that because it's like, you know, when no. he would be in the hospital, she would live. She would sleep in a recliner in his hospital room with him for like months at a time. Right, so, right. you know, and I don't want to st- dismiss that as being all bad because it's clearly not, not at all. But it was wasn't like it was it's kind of a perfect storm. Sadly, I think yeah. of like somebody who like wasn't well adjusted dealing with a situation that the most well adjusted person would stumble. Yeah. And, and, and like I always felt bad for, for my younger brother just because he. He never really learned how to just be in a group of people because he was always under a microscope, either literal or metaphorical. Mm-hmm. And so when he would be, you know, on the upswing and he'd be back in school, he'd be, you know, months or years behind his classmates because oh, yeah. my mother wasn't doing any of that stuff, any of that homeschooling, tutoring type stuff. Right. And he also didn't, he wasn't used to not being the focus, you, uh, you know what I mean? And so yeah. those kids, it's like any attention is better than, you know, bad attention is better than no attention. And so there's a lot of uh, just behavioral stuff that, you know. He, he didn't get socialized properly. No, not Did at all. Did he go to school at all when he was, you know, like five or under? Yeah, for, for yeah, for periods of time. Like he, you know, there were there were probably a, a two or three years at least where he had uninterrupted, uninterrupted school years. Uh, maybe he would have to, you know, take a few days right. off here or there for some medical medical procedure but um but it was never consistent like it was never uh where you really kind of have a five-year chunk where you're with the same kids in school where you're maintaining right. these friendships Cons- for long periods of time consistency you know? yeah so were your parents your your parents split up then 
They yeah they they split up uh, when I was in uh, I guess would have been junior high junior you know, high finally but it was like my dad you know Catholic kind of thing of like you don't get divorced you know they they should have <laughs> I mean quite frankly they should have gotten divorced the day after they got married but um, they just weren't do you think they were happy. a bad match or is your father I don't know uh, is your father have is he do you think he's difficult your mother sounds easily difficult to get along with that's true yeah um, I, is your father also difficult in some ways sure i, I mean, mean we, everybody like is. Her. everybody is i mean and <laughs> yeah. i don't want you know and obviously everybody has their their michigas yes everybody has the, <laughs> and everybody has their positive parts and, and i don't want to yeah yeah no off. i don't want us to sound like we're being critical oh yeah no not at I all mean, i mean i think that you know i think like what i want people to understand is what I want them to look at you and understand what survival and flourishing and thriving looks like because yeah. a lot of people have, he's making, yeah, <laughs> he's making fun of me now, but it's I'm true. Not. He's like, you know, because we all have, you know, I remember um, Christian saying something like, like, you know, his wife's, his wife actually wrote a book on how, how um, difficult, I mean, her, her, Father tried to. Yeah, her her pop. life makes my life look like a walk through the daisies. Yeah, but that involves murder in jail or attempted murder in jail, and so Christian's just a little bit, you know, not right there. But I mean, I think that Christian and Cambry both are. I mean, we know we are create we create we people know how difficult like a lot of childhood can be and the the traumas of growing up and things that happen. And I just don't, everybody's always doing the best they can. I don't, so this is not, this is not a criticism. Yeah. It's just, this is about thriving. It's like, if you put certain chemicals together, they react in a way that's harmonious or disharmonious. Yeah. And that's not a slam on either of the chemicals. It's just some chemicals react differently when placed with other chemicals. You know, this is, um, this is this is about thriving. So um, yeah. anyway, so your father, my dad, my dad is, uh, my dad is still living, and he, um, and it's your mom passed. Then? Yeah, she 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 passed away like five years ago. Mm. Um, and uh, my dad's, he, you know, he's Catholic, mm-hmm. and I and I say that lower lower KC as well as upper KC. You know, he did grow up, you know, Boston Irish Catholic, went to you know parochial school and the whole deal. But he's also very Catholic in the sense of just he he refers to himself as sort of a concrete sequential, which is just like he's almost like a dog where it's like he has his things that he has to do every day. Like he has a program, you know, at at 415, I do this at 430, I do this. And I, but he I think he was the kind of guy, his mother, who was much she was a older. Uh, so, I mean, I only knew her as a child, but I get the feeling that she was a bit of a handful emotionally mm-hmm. and so i think he gravitated towards ah. and and as do i i mean my wife is a handful too uh in a good way mm-hmm. uh, my hand my wife is is 10 pounds of emotion in a five pound bag and uh and i need that in my life like i think mm-hmm. some people they need a light to to fly around do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they yeah. they need they need a sun you know and i i and sometimes that can be positive and sometimes it can be negative i'm lucky in that I'm it's very positive for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, because I would be very gray without her. Ah, uh, well, that I mean, Cambry is a force of nature. I mean, she's like yeah. one of the most motivated and big 
big thing. Like her, you know, she's run for she's, office. She, she's big. I mean, yeah. her, she, she, her. She, she's she, real leadership quality. Yes. And she's just a big personality, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I, I need that in my life. You know, we're all kind of trying to reproduce. We're all trying to solve old relationships. By I our agree. Current ones. <laughs> I agree. Although I wouldn't call you a shrink. She, I, I think you both can hold your own in in the personality area, frankly. Well, but yeah, I know and her parents were deaf and needed help with everything, and I think that's why she gravitates towards me because I'm hopeless <laughs> and incapable of more living an adult life. Self-deprecate more. <laughs> it's true. Though. I'm not buying it. I'm not okay. buying it, folks. Uh, so anyway, um, so your dad, so. Do you remember, like, did they always seem, did your mom and dad seem to always have a contentious relationship? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, I just kind of assumed that's what normal was. Absolutely. So was it yelling and. Yeah. And my dad, my dad would lose his temper very, you know, get exasperated very much. And, you know, and and at the time he was drinking and and things Uh. like that. And it was just, it was one of those things where I didn't realize I didn't know my dad at all until my parents got divorced. Uh-huh. Like I, I just thought of him as this just angry, clenched teeth, just miserable person, uh-huh. really, who would have moments of being really fun and whatnot, but uh-huh. was just kind of a fundamentally unhappy dude. Mm-hmm. And then when my parents split up, after that initial sort of culture shock of a few months of like, oh, now I'm divorced and I'm living in some crappy apartment or whatever, it's like his entire world just blossomed. Like he owned a company oh. and he, he his company got more successful and he got happier and just he developed sort of tastes for arts and, and things like that oh, that he wasn't wow. and so it's just you know you never know how people are gonna and, and i felt like oh I, who's this guy you know like i didn't know this dude at all when i was eight years old but now at, at 15 he's like the you know the my lifesaver did that seem really inspiring to you i mean i i've said it before like my dad like saved my life mm. in in all the ways that matter i mm. mean not not literally but i was really kind of falling through the cracks again this is happens and i think this happens a lot with families that have a, a sick kid is that the kid who isn't the kids who aren't sick you know the parents quite naturally a lot of times they tend to be like well you're fine we yeah, need to deal yeah, with this and so you kind of people don't really notice that you're kind of losing it a little bit. Like I, I never did drugs or drank or anything like that. I was very weird in that sense. Like I never had a drink until mm-hmm. I was almost 21. Wow. Um, but I had major insomnia and I, I wouldn't sleep for like days at a time. And, wow. and, uh, and I would fall asleep in all my classes. I had two separate teachers pull me out of class and accuse me of being on drugs. And I remember mm-hmm. one of them was like, you know, those hippie English teacher mm-hmm. who probably had gone to Woodstock and, you know, and, and he tried to, he pulled me out of class one day. He's like, what do you want, man? Come on, lay it on me. Tell me what you're doing, man. I was like, stop this. Stop it. Uh, but my dad, at the time, he he had kind of encountered, he had a really great 10 years or so, like financially. Like, his, and I am so fucking lucky that those 10 years happened to coincide with my high school and college. Um, you know, that it was, because, you know, we grew up, you know, in a nice, pretty nice suburb in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, but we were never the family that like went on like expensive vacations mm. or you know my mm-hmm. mom had a station wagon and all that. But but then uh, this ten year period, like he he was 
really doing well. Like after uh, they separate, or yeah. Got and I don't know if the again, I don't know causation. You know, yeah. correlation doesn't equal causation. Blah blah blah. Well, he, or, you he's know. an inspire. He's an inspiration. Hearing about him, he is. Too. He's a, yeah. yeah he's a, sure. he's a really great dude. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, later in life, he kind of got humbled financially again, and you know, now he's you know living in a one bedroom apartment in, in Lowell, but uh, but he's doing fine and and all that. But I I was very fortunate in the sense that he had this real uh uh financial windfall for a while, and he saw that I was kind of losing it a little bit or just not, you know, underachieving mm-hmm. and just not really Engaged. thriving. Mm. And, you know, I had been in the school plays and stuff like that, but I wasn't really showing a lot of, you know, uh, enthusiasm for mm-hmm. anything. And he was the one who sort of encouraged me. I had a couple of friends who had gone to this performing arts school and he's the one who kind of encouraged oh, me wow. and said like, we need to get you out of this situation and, you know, oh, wow. and so my going to the school wasn't just so much that I was a theater kid and wanted to be doing writing and doing all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. It was also to get me out of the house, oh. get me out of, getting me out of living with that's my mom. Really, that's really like beautiful that he, yeah. that he figured that out for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and, it was really super. And also, you know, like no small thing, your dad like built his own business. What business was it? The exciting world of tax appraisal doesn't matter he <laughs> he could do it he was good at he, yeah. that's a lot of initiative like yeah, after yeah. what he'd been through he's a great example yeah i mean he had had the company when i was a kid but it just it was like a really small uh you know skeleton crew type organization and then at a certain point it got really successful um you know and that's mm-hmm. when things uh were were much better mm-hmm. But um, so he had he had a lot of vision there to get you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how was it when you finally got to um the it boarding was the school? Best two years of my life, which was weird because that was like that year was the year my younger brother had his transplant and, and, and all that, and there was a lot of drama going on, and I had a lot of drama, uh, you know, suicidal girlfriends and that whole oh, deal. You, but uh, yeah. um, you know, typical. You had your drama in your own in your own life. Did you have a suicidal stuff. girlfriend? Oh, oh my yeah, God. Did yeah. she really? Did she well, really? she tried. She she was a she was a cutter, and uh, yeah, and then, cutting. I like cutting. I yeah. used to like cutting. Did and she wind up in a hospital? She did. Yeah, um, that's bad. I mean, there. You know, it again. It was a performing arts high school, so there was a lot of drama. There's drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, Teenagers are, and yeah, drama. Exactly. At, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were, yeah. But do do you think like if you hadn't that that sounds like that must have been the most life transforming experience for you. Like, Oh, it was, I mean, I I mean, I think this is true of most people that those years in high school, whether they're happy, sad, whatever you have more emotion in those four years than you have the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like there's cause you're, you're coming of age, you're experiencing sex stuff for the first time. And, you know, and so obviously you always think about like when you were 17. I mean, that's, that's why there's so many fucking movies and TV shows about it. But, um, but yeah, those two years were just incredibly special to me. And, and, uh, you know, I still, I still have daydreams about them, you know, and, uh, Mm. you know, wishing certain things had gone a different way or or reliving certain moments or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, it's a really special place. I, I, I love that school and, and, uh, I was giving them money for a while. I can't now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was for a well, time. That's, 
that's so um are you still friends with anybody from there i am i i right now just online at this point like yeah. just a couple of people interact with in online with stuff people. but for a long time i had a, a bunch of very good friends more so than college mm. you know uh yeah. like i don't really see anybody that i went to college with mm-hmm. even though a lot of them still live in new york mm-hmm. but um but yeah this particular uh it was a 165 people it was a really mm-hmm. tiny school you know i was thinking about um like when you have some some i'm going to say tragedy or something particularly difficult going on at home it's really in a in like when you're growing up like everybody knows all about your family like that's one thing that i noticed when i got away from college i no longer had the burden of like my crazy parents that people didn't want to come over to our house oh god i know that feeling yeah, I've always had this this sort of theory, not theory, but something I've noticed that, that there are kids who have kids over their house and there are kids who go over to other kids' houses. Yeah. And I was always the kid who went to over the kids' houses. I would yeah. never have people come and have to deal with my mother like I'd never in a million years. Did your mom work? Uh, she she had many jobs, all of which she got unceremoniously shit can from. And then sued. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Like there was just, there were so many places in town that we couldn't go in because there was just drama for something. You know, like there was like not one video store in town that we were welcome in. I want to hear about your older brother. Like what what happened with him and what was your relationship with him like? Like how did he factor into all this? He, it's funny, he he passed away as well um, at uh, 37. He had just a major heart attack. And so, and my mother was died it, of a heart thing. She died on having heart surgery on so the operating was table. It, so was it a, a shock? Was it a surprise? Completely the opposite of my younger brother. Whereas like my younger brother was like a long, slow goodbye. Whereas with John, it was just like one day he's there, the next day he's gone, you know. Like you just got a call or Yeah, something. I got a call from my ex-brother-in-law, you know, and... Uh, just shocking. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, that's the, the, the one that I... I mean, I, 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 I struggle with my relationships with both of my brothers, but for, for different reasons. But, you know, John having, you know, that we grew up together. Yeah, and, you shared know, the, the same experience. Same, same experiences, intense. went to the same school at the same time, you know, stuff like that, you know. Um, and, you know, there's certain, certainly there's a lot that I wish had gone differently between the two of us because we were, we were not we were not estranged by any means. We were typical brothers, I guess, but I always got the feeling that he wanted maybe a closer relationship. And, and I kind of kept things at sort of a, an arm's length. Well, you guys were probably like, did you, were you, were you different? Like what did you, did, you know, like, I he, mean, did you not enjoy his company that much or he was, I mean, he was very much. And I say this now, cause I don't think this word is an insult anymore. He was a m- big nerd. You know, um, like he was, you know, we used to have, uh, you know, he used to have Dungeons and Dragons in the basement. He, mm. he would bring people over, which I always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they would have Dungeons and Dragons every Friday night in the, in the basement. Ah. And then, and then later as he was an adult, he, he got in, he was like heavily, heavily involved in the, uh, LARPing community. Uh, uh live, way live over my head. Playing. What is, what is LARP? LARPing. Li- live action role playing. Uh, which is oh. where it's kind of like Civil War reenactment, except medieval, you know, where they would rant out like a Boy Scout camp and, and they would have like, ro- you know, armor and swords. And, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like kind of the Mick Jagger of that world. 
<laughs> it was uh well, a big deal in this community. Oh my yeah. God! Well, well, I'm like thinking there must be. Was you know you're a performer, he's a performer. Was there any? That's a performance. He's a in a way, yeah. He's yeah. a performer. It was a little awkward, like when we would be doing the plays in like high school, junior high, and high school. I tended to to be a little more successful in that mm-hmm. realm than he was. Yeah, and that was uh, you know awkward uh, at yeah. times. Yeah, being um, younger. Yeah, but then he kind of found his own thing. Like he wasn't—he was never really invested in it the way I was. Like he—he kind of. Well, it's an—it's when I say performing performance, it's like really performance. His performance—it's—it's an adjacent to like like you're a professional performer. He—he—he—he's adjacent. He's not—he's not. He was a computer geek who liked swords. Yeah, but (laughs) but you must have had some kind of drama in your background. I mean, it's interesting that you both wound up with some sort of like wanting to dramatize things. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, but I always felt a little bad because, you know, when we were, his relationship with my mother was probably somewhere between mine and my younger brothers where he really was kind of stuck holding the bag when I kind of hit the road. Uh, you mean when you moved out, when I moved out for high school and then once, once I went to college, like I really yeah, dissociated you, myself yeah. from that, world right and he was a little bit kind of left to pick up that and so i felt a little you know a certain amount of guilt about that um but he kind of loved it too he was one of those dudes who kind of thrived on drama a little bit you know and and uh you know yeah but at one point he 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 met his wife through larping like she was also a larper and (laughs) she's a lovely woman yeah that sounds like a real that sounds like a great sex underground community (laughs) it may you know i'm sure there is it's a lot of body wenches and and whatnot flagons of mead but at one point like he let my mother move in with them and she almost destroyed their marriage within like six months why would he do that because you know this misguided sense not even misguided but just a sense of she's my mother and this is what you do when your mother you know it was after my younger brother had passed away yeah and you know i don't i think just out of a sense of obligation you know do you think he because he's like the older old like when your parents got divorced did he do you think that he felt like he needed to take over or i don't know i just think he he you know he had he acted a little bit like a like a a an abused spouse with like, Oh uh-huh. no, she's actually getting better now. Like, Oh, she's, you know, things are, things are definitely better. And then I would always be like, they're not better. There's no chance it's better. Right. Um, right. Right. And he would kind of just tell himself these things. Um, but you had a bigger vision of what were, what life could be than he did. Obviously, I think that's I, really what it is. I maybe mean, just, I mean that's a that's a positive way of putting it. Well, uh, the the I, less positive I, is I, that it bothers. So I'm just going to say this as 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 the fake shrink like it's bothering me like i'm feeling i'm feeling like maybe compassion i hope is a good way to put it like that you're you're feeling some guilt about is this too much i can't believe i'm talking like this what the fuck so i'm just <laughs> saying that like i think he just naturally kind of gravitated to that and it's probably yeah i think pe- people play out their to, wiring yeah and you it's know, hard it's, to hard to see that but i don't think that and there was never for me there was never like a decision didn't have a, i don't think you have any like res- responsibility for that 
you know, you, you play out your programming, you know, yeah, I just, don't think like, you have any whatever, whatever my lizard brain was telling me at the time is that I, I can't be around this. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, John was just different in that sense. Yeah. It's kind of like you escaped and I guess there's a, it's like natural survival. A little bit like guilt. I used to, a movie that I love that really kind of hit me hard at the time. Have you ever seen uh, what's eating Gilbert grape? Um, not that I'll remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know, I know it's a famous movie. It's and great. I mean, gonna... But it, you know, the, the mother in that movie is kind of the town laughing stock. She's like, you know, 600 pounds. Yeah. And oh, my mother was also large, not, quite to that degree but she was a larger woman but she was more kind of a no, i wouldn't laughing stock is too strong a word but she was yeah. she was a live wire yeah and people yeah. kind of knew people to avoid her a was. little bit you know right. and um and then leonardo young leonardo dicaprio plays uh a young uh the youngest of the family and he's uh mentally disabled and is also then a bit of a handful and although my younger brother wasn't mentally disabled he was certainly had issues and right. and whatnot and then johnny depp plays the older son who's kind of the one stuck taking care of everybody and uh and i always felt like oh shit that's john and i'm mm. like the brother who like took off <laughs> like that's mm. always the, the 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 sort of the mm. self-flagellation that i would do about it mm-hmm. but um but it's not a decision i ever made consciously it was just something i yeah like and I and um i think that you know i think that if you had stayed or like if you'd wound up in a position where you were, you, you might've gotten really, really, really depressed or something would not have gone well. And then that just would have just piled on to what, what your family was. Yeah. No, I, I I think that, you know, I was lucky. I don't know why I had a very, um, I did have sort of a defiant nature. Like I, you know, I was one of those really annoying teenage atheists. Um, I mean, I still am an atheist, but I'm not, annoying the way i was when i was 15 uh-huh. uh you know i used to be one of those let me tell you why you're wrong like one of those <laughs> uh one of those types and all and i've kind of had the same attitude towards drugs and alcohol like that you know like i don't need that to have a good time like like one of those idiots uh and now it's like oh no i definitely needed it but um but i feel like with the way my if i had found drugs or alcohol in that with that family situation, it could have gone in a bad way. Yeah, or just... I, I, knowing what I know about myself now, like addictive tendencies yeah, and things like sure. that, like, it would have been uh, here, not ideal. <laughs> uh, but also, like even if you were just, say, plain old depressed and withdrawn, that would have been another problem. I think I think your father, you know, and, uh, you know, like you, he must have seen that you were getting that you weren't getting a chance and you get, you know, you needed a chance and thank God that happened. Yeah. So there are certain mm-hmm. points in your life where it's like, you need a champion on some yeah. level. You just need no, somebody I'm, to I'm, see something in you God. that you don't see yourself. You thank know? God. But, um, I wanted to hear about what it was like when your brother was born. Like what was your relationship when your younger brother was born? What was your relationship with your older brother like then? And how did you guys respond and go through that experience of your younger brother being born do you remember that yeah it's so hard at this point you know uh and also one of the things that i've kind of realized you know years of therapy and whatnot is that like i don't have a lot of memories from my childhood Mm. at least when it comes to being home and you know i think that a lot of that was just disassociation and whatnot like glimpses and and it's almost like putting your nose up to a thing of smelling salts, where it's like, nope, 
nope, don't want to think about that. You know, um, so yeah, I and and that. so it's like I have a lot, I have a ton of memories. Uh, I can tell you everything about every single ele- elementary school teacher I ever had. Wow, but I can't tell you really much about what it was like being in my house because it's just like too weird so you, know? you really just disassociate. i think yeah on, on some level um that makes sense that's healthy probably but yeah i mean you know my 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 younger my memories of my younger brother being born are mostly just sitting in boston children's hospital like mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time like sitting in the lobby did you and your older brother like did you talk about it did you go through that together do you or you just don't no, I mean, remember you're eight years old you know you you know you don't you know, have really. heart to hearts at that point you know yeah. what i mean you're just kind of skating along through, through your life you're just um, doing whatever i think you know and i think my dad and my mom you know took pains to try to let us live normally yeah or you know in a way it was kind of like school like trying to let us kind of fend for ourselves which allowed them to have more time to deal with my younger brother so i mean you can put it positive or negative the positive side being mm-hmm. that they they didn't like stop us from having a normal childhood the right. negative being like they kind of just uh, like you just you're fine and just go do your own thing you know and i think there's a lot of a lot of kids who grew up uh you know my age and, and older or whatnot it's like there wasn't the kind of degree of parental supervision so you then, didn't you know. but they're so lucky that you knew not to like take drugs and all that i i still don't know how that happened i really don't because i uh. was in the like you know i was in the like metal and and uh at least my younger years and uh i certainly had friends that did all that stuff but i i took some weird pride in not doing that and now i feel like god i missed out on so much no wow that's a that is that is that is pretty remarkable that is pretty remarkable i don't understand it i really don't understand you have some well of resilience in there but it was more like a contrarianism you know i think that it was like i saw the way kids in my high school acted when they were drunk and I disliked it. And my dad had been, you know, my dad was not, my dad is an alcoholic, but, um, you know, hasn't had a drink in 30, whatever years. But, uh, when he quit drinking, I, I think, I, I think part of it is I thought of alcohol as depressing because it was very depressing with my dad. My dad, you know, I would, wake up in the morning and I'd go in the bathroom and there'd be like 12 empty tall boys just in the bathroom. That's just heartbreaking. Cause he would just go in there. He would literally go in there and he told me he would walk in there and he would just drink and pace just for hours every night, just like as a way to get away from my mother or whatever. He would just shut the door, you know, which is a very, it's a very suburban dad sort of yeah. quiet desperation. Heart, heart, thing, heart, you know? Heartbreaking. You know, we forget people didn't have a lot, like a whole lot of options in those days. No, you know? no, there yeah. were you know there was no online community to be a part of. There's yeah. no uh, and, and also like you got married, you didn't you know like I mean, like I'm really glad that I wasn't forced into like being a housewife and all that shit. Like you know that's yeah. what people had to do in those days, right? Yeah, and it wasn't it just wasn't something that was questioned it was just yeah kind of, that's how you, you do live. a you do b you so, do c you do d you know yeah yeah were your was your brother did your brother remain religious um I mean, was your father were your parents both like catholic like like yeah well my mother Catholics? my mother you know became involved with the catholic church she'd grown up baptist but then when she got married got involved with the catholic church and actually fell in love with a deacon in my church which is a super weird thing wow that's married interesting. to my dad and it was a very awkward thing. 
it was a bit. Did they was, hang out? He he didn't feel that way towards her. <laughs> she no, just, no. But uh, did did she like? Did she bug him? Or yeah, she would like Ooh. show up at his house at night. And stuff. It was it was Ooh. yeah. It was, oh, it was that's spicy. drama. Yeah, there's um, drama in there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but my my uncle was a priest, and so like we would have like mass in my grandmother's living room, and you know, but very oh, kind weird of shit. you know the that that generation that had a, the framed pictures of. John Jeez. F. Kennedy on the wall, uh, you know, like like that wow. Irish Boston Catholic. You and know. so was your brother um, religious as well? Did he finish? He was. Some, he was. He went to a. He went to Saint Anselm College, which is a Catholic school. Oh, okay. Um, but he wasn't like super into it. He, I think, he liked the culture of being religious more than right. Being, right. You know. Right. But he, but but that's clearly what kind of separated you out as yeah, well. Right. Yeah. I've that always kind of had influence. this weird thing where I just like if everybody's doing one thing, I feel compelled to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I which is I wouldn't say it's a positive or negative, it's just, you know, just a weird mm-hmm. contrarianism thing. Well, I just you know, we gotta go. It's yeah. like, this went so fast, but um I just wanna say, you know, thanks so much for sharing. Oh sharing my... and I hope, you know, you didn't I hope we didn't I hope we didn't re traumatize. No, <laughs> but, no, no. But no. but also, um, you know, thanks for going through all that and being the comedian you are and sharing that with us and sharing what you've got you, the creativity that I think you've gotten from that and all the, all the growth and everything you've gotten out of it. You share, share with your 50,000 Twitter followers and, and us. (laughs) So we, so thank you for, for doing that. Well, I appreciate that. And um, let's tell everybody again about um, Waggy Tales. Oh, yeah, Waggy get, Tales you guys tonight, gotta Chelsea get... Music Hall, mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, I believe. 830. 830, 830 doors. 830. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's 830. Um, great lineup. It's, I'm looking for the address. It's 407 West 15th Street. If you go to Waggy Tail Rescue, you can buy tickets. You can also find tickets on my Facebook page. And I want to remind you, check out new music for olds. Dot, what is dot it? Substack.com. Dot yeah. Substack.com. Let's give QED a shout out. Yeah. That's uh, QED Astoria. Yeah. QED Astoria, which has, are you, you guys doing um, uh, comedy? Yes. Yeah, comedy, s- comedy storytelling, drink and draws, meetups, all sorts of stuff. QED Astoria.com. That's in Astoria, Queens. That's my wife's performance venue that she And has. thank you so much for tuning into Radio Free Brooklyn and listening to Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit is here every Thursday, 2 to 3. But if you go to the archives, I have over 300 episodes. And you can hear the previous uh, episode that I did with Christian and hear about his special, which is amazing. And then you can go. 